0: Our MBA podcast purpose is to help, help existing business, business owners grow their, their companies to have the $10 in million million revenue per year benchmark. Here, here is your host, Stephen Holasnik. Welcome everyone. My name is Stephen Holasnik. Over the last 25 years, I've built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, and I can't tell you how important it is for a business to have a line of credit so that they can make an investment in their business or even for unexpected emergencies. My, biggest, my business partner, Keith, and I started Financing Solutions in 2012 because of our own, experience, uh, our own experiences in how hard it is to get a small business line of credit. Our line of credit program is easy to get in place, inexpensive when used, and costs nothing to set up, making it a great cash backup plan. If you'd like to learn more about our line of credit program, please visit us at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions creditline.com, or give us a call at 862-207-4118. And if you apply today, we will even give you a $250 credit on file that you can use later. Just remember the time to set up a a credit line is when you don't need it, so that when you do need it, you have it ready to go and you're approved. Today, I'm very excited to be speaking with Marisha Swartz from Dr. Rissi's Writing and Marketing. Dr. Schwartz is, a, is the founder and CEO of Dr. Rissy's Writing and Marketing and a Gen Z Publishing and Gen Z Publishing LLC. Dr. Rissi's is a marketing and writing company ranked number one in PR and top 10 in social media and SEO for New York and New Jersey on Thumbtack. Gen Z Publishing is a publishing company that has produced 15 Amazon bestsellers. Dr. Rissi has been featured on Forbes, MTV, and is a best-selling author herself. She speaks professionally and inspires others through words and entrepreneurship and was named the voice of Generation Z by Community Magazine. She holds a doctorate in literature from Drew University and has a master's in communication. Marissa, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast.
1: Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here.
0: So today's topic is what a good digital marketing agency does. And, um, you know, this is a a really good topic because I've certainly been through my share of digital marketing agencies. And uh, for those of you who are out there, uh, you know, maybe you're probably listening to this because either one, you're thinking of bringing on a digital marketing agency Or number two is you've had pretty bad experiences and you are looking to see some insight as what to what you should be looking for. So to start off with Marissa, why don't you tell us a little bit about what a digital marketing agency really does?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I'll start actually a little bit by how I got into it. I was a a copywriter and an editor starting way back in high school. I started out freelancing and, uh, I didn't even know agencies existed. I didn't know anything about this world. I was a biomedical science student. I was gonna, you know, become a a medical doctor. Um, And it happened by sheer chance. I was copywriting and editing. And um, a lot of my clients said, you know, I love your writing. I wish that you could write for my blog. I wish that you could write ad copy for me. And uh, I started doing that. And, you know, I write the ad copy and then they'd say, man, I wish that, uh, you know, do you know anybody who does graphic design to, to do these ads or who could do video, make a video for the script that you wrote? Um, and, you know, I'm the type of person where, you know, some people would say, oh, sorry, I don't know, but I wanted to be able to do everything that my clients requested. So um, at that point, uh, I was in school, I was uh, getting my master's and I knew people who did skills that were comparable to mine but different enough that we could work together so i met a graphic designer for example i met a comedy writer Uh, so i teamed up with them and we started offering these additional services to our clients and just slowly by chance it turned into uh not just a solopreneurship but an actual agency uh where we do all these um all these services now One thing that differentiates what I do from a lot of agencies, I've tried to stay away from the agency moniker even later, although there's really no escaping it. A lot of the time, when people hear the word agency, they think, oh, you're outsourcing to people that you've never met, you know, Uh, because there are a lot of people who do that. There are a lot of like Americans where they'll outsource to a country where maybe the dollar goes a lot further. Um, But in my case, we've always done, I've always called us a team because these are people that I've met in real life, uh, some, you know, James, I, I went to elementary school with Jason. I was a fan of his writing um, back when I was in high school. So these are people that I know, trust and have a real uh, relationship with and formed a team with. Um, and I think that's what, you know, uh, some of the be- best agencies do. They really know and have a good team with people that they know and trust and admire.
0: So uh, going back to the, the idea of what, what a digital marketing agency does. Um, You know, you mentioned a couple of things, the copywriting, those type of things. But what else does a digital marketing agency do?
1: It depends on the type of agency. Mine, for example, we do 360 marketing. So that's four parts to it. SEO, PR ads and social media. And what I love about those four things, the reason I chose those four things, you know, there are some people, they focus on mailers, they focus on, you know, different things. But the reason I focus on those four things is because how well they go together. When you have good PR, it's going to help your SEO because you're getting backlinks. So if you have an article out, you're gonna get a backlink, it's gonna help your uh, SEO. If you have great social media, your ads are going to perform better, so all four of those things work together really well. And I think the best agencies that's what they do. They have um, different plans that you know are are really full picture.
0: Yep. So again, SEO is search engine optimization. So it's natural searches on Google, um, and then there's also PPC, which is pay per click on Google as well. Um, I you know one of the things that I think I ex- I've experienced in my my history has been the idea that the smaller companies out there that want to do SEO have a difficult time sometimes getting quality SEO companies because the SEO companies want to charge a minimum price. So they like, they don't want to get involved in a, you know, a thousand dollars a month, you know, type of scenario. They kind of, they want to set a minimum, you know, which could be four or $5,000 a month. And, and sometimes That's harder for a small business owner to step into, Um, even when we're talking about, you know, a a digital agency where you're, you know, you have a team of people that are all uh, specialists. Right. And so, you know, do you have a suggestion for for those scenarios like that?
1: Yeah, in my company, we don't do that. I know why companies do that. SEO does take a lot of work. And if you want to see the best results, yeah, investing a lot of time, getting a bunch of links out there, uh, that, that adds up quickly. But there's nothing wrong with starting a little bit smaller. So we have smaller packages, you know, uh, as low as uh, I think it's like $750 where we will start, we'll do backlinks, we'll write articles um, and, and that helps as well. So SEO is something it, I, you know, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of work and that's why the price tag can get up there. But um, I think people should know that starting small is better than doing nothing at all. Um, and I think agencies should recognize that too. You you know, yes, you'll get better results if you spend, you know, a hundred hours uh, writing articles and publishing them and getting backlinks, but you also get decent results if you spend 20 hours doing, you know, similar things. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it, and ads are the same way. You know, I, I've met a lot of people. They say, Oh, if you have a budget under $5,000, forget it. You you can't test anything. Your ads aren't going to succeed. I've seen ads do well. Oh, we do a, a couple hundred dollar tests and they get great results. And then we go, okay, let's up the budget. I believe in starting small and growing it.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess for, uh, I guess over 15 years, I've like, I've been, really known to be an SEO expert for just a business owner. Um, usually business owners don't understand SEO and, um, or PPC and, uh, and then they, they kind of outsource it out to their agency. And, and I would tell you from personal experience, I've had agencies that I've worked with and, you know, I kind of had that mentality, you know, okay. I'll, I just know enough, uh, to be able to be in the conversation, but, you know, I never really got into the nuts and bolts. And, and what happened with me was, once uh, uh, the the pandemic started, I said, "You know what? I'm, I've done this before. Whenever there's been a recession or there's been an issue such as the pandemic, which was also a recession, where I dove into a project to to make sure I, I use that time wisely. And so, what I did was I dove into SEO a lot further." And I really realized that the digital agency that I was working with uh, was making it just a huge mistake, and they they kept telling me that. Um, so let's the, the 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 thing that I that I didn't know about was how valuable and how important link building or backlinks is to your digital strategy. And um, so, twenty five percent of the results, just for our listeners to to know, comes from uh the the ability of to other sites to reference either your website or a page on your website and and the agency i was working with kept saying oh just write articles and people will 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 find you and link to you and it was completely wrong you know if and and it was i knew it at the time i'm like well if i'm, if I'm ranked 100 how am I... How are they gonna find my articles that are written very well? So, you know, I don't want to get into the weeds on this, but my my argue, my my discussion here is the idea that if you're going to get involved in SEO, it's nice that what Marissa's doing is that you could get in easily at $750 at first and then start to learn. But as an entrepreneur or as a business owner, I'm I what I'm saying to you is you you got to know a little bit more um, to make sure that you can be involved in the tr- tr- strategic end of SEO. So are you seeing uh, Marissa right now that a huge majority of people's budgets are moving, are in the direction of SEO and PPC when you work with them?
1: You know, yeah, a lot of, well, I would say much more SEO than PPC. I think, uh, you know, Google and, and their ad prices and their cost per click, they just keep going up and up and people are getting frustrated with that. Yeah, um, I've seen a lot more people turning to PR as well. They're recognizing the value. It's also because I'm probably pushing a bit, but PR helps your SEO. So I always like to tell them, you know, you just talked about the backlinks getting on other websites. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. If you're doing a good PR strategy, you're getting those backlinks on high authority, high domain authority websites. Um, it's, it's, it's a great uh, strategy that helps both your PR and your SEO because then you take those articles, the well-written articles, and that's the difference between hiring somebody who, you know, maybe doesn't have a lot of writing experience or, uh, yeah, just some people they'll, they'll hire cheaply. I've had people, Oh, I have a high school student helping me. Oh, I have somebody, you know, from another country who doesn't, uh, understand the culture and they're just kind of churning something out or twisting something. Um, if you have a qual- high quality writing, it helps both the robots at Google to rank you higher because they recognize, oh, this is high quality. If they see a bunch of go, forget it. Um, and then you also have the humans who are reading it who are going to share it. And the more they share it on social and everywhere else, the higher it's going to rank you, the better you're going to do. So that's why uh, quality of the writing of the posts is also very important.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, when I first started uh Uh, Financing Solutions in 2012, I had brought on a, a, a writer, you know, who really hadn't really written for SEO before. And I was like, at the time, I was like, okay, well, her writing skills were good, but there's good writing skills. And then there's good writing skills and strategies for writing for SEO, which is kind of two different things. She was inexpensive. And so I said, just write just write these articles i gave her the topics i the uh, at the time when i thought i thought well if we just keep writing topics and uh, i'm sorry articles google will find us so we just i said let's do three articles a week right and at the time it was 500 words was fine for google now google wants to see like 1500 words or at least over a thousand but at the time 500 words was good but but now I look back at those articles and I say, oh my God, these people are probably going to, and I probably could look at it statistically, but uh, people are going to stop reading after the third paragraph because they're, they're not really that good. Uh, number two is they're not keyword optimized. And number three is, you know, they're short. They're only 500 words. Back then that was okay. And now it's kind of irrelevant. And certainly there's a strategy for older words. I mean, so our art, older articles and something to do with that. But I agree with you where I still want to go back to like what I originally said is if you're going to go down a path with working with a digital agency or, you know, let's face it, or working with a consultant. You, you, you really got to know a little bit about SEO uh, to really kind of make good decisions, because at the time, I think in 2012, you know, I didn't make a good decision when I had done that. Um, and I had, had prior experience work, working with digital agencies as well. So, I mean, we talked about uh, some like, some things about what a good digital agency does and doesn't do. Like you said, a good digital agency doesn't outsource their work overseas. And uh, I would. Con- no,
1: I, I want to just clarify that. I do have people overseas, I, but I have a good relationship with them. Um, I would say you're not just farming it out. So I know people who they'll go on Fiverr or Upwork or something, and they'll pick a random person and be like, here's the work, you take it, you do it. Um, If I'm going to work with somebody overseas, and I've had Anda, Irma, Maria, who have worked with me three to five years, Maria, the longest, five years. Uh, She's in Venezuela. Irma is in Romania. Um, I've established a great relationship with them. I don't just hand them work and say, you do it. I collaborate with them. I brainstorm with them. I have phone calls, Zoom calls with them. So um, nothing wrong inherently with working with somebody overseas, as long as you have a good relationship and you're not just farming the workout. And it's just like the folks in, in America who I've known, you know, like I said, I've, I've known James since elementary school. I am not just handing it saying, Hey, James, you do this. We're collaborating.
0: Yeah. My experience was, has been similar where if I had somebody who's the head person in the United States and they have people overseas that they have relationships with, it's worked out well. But where I've tried to work with somebody directly overseas, it hasn't worked out well. And I think it's just because you've developed that relationship, you know what they can do, and you've fostered that relationship. And you you make sure the work that's going out is gonna be quality oriented before you give it to your client. And I think that's the difference. So I agree with you. I, you know, I think for me, you know, working with somebody overseas, um, you know, it, I won't know for six months if they're any good or not. And whereas you, you kind of know. So I, I agree. So, so what else would you say uh, is important when you're working with a digital agency um, to, to make sure that they um, are, are good or doing the right thing?
1: Yeah um you know I would point to reviews and and um looking at their own online presence I actually had uh before going out on my own I had a client that I worked with and um I would hire for him and uh, he wanted me to hire an SEO agency i'm going back a long time ago many years ago but he wanted me to hire an seo agency and he said what i want you to do is type in the keywords seo for reputation management and whoever comes up on the first page of those will the only ones to reach out to because that means that they're good enough that they got themselves ranked on page one if they could do it for themselves they could probably do it for me but if they're on page 100 how good are they really and things like that it just it was so obvious but who would have said that besides him? And that really put it in my head, like that makes a lot of sense. So look at their social media presence. Uh look at how many, you know, if they're promising you, Oh yeah, I'm going to get you thousands of followers. Do they have thousands of followers? Um, they're, they're, you know, I, I think that, uh, looking at their portfolio, looking at, um, you know, past clients and their performance, that's, that's important.
0: So when you, uh, Tell me something that like, if you're interviewing a digital agency, so you gave us uh, one, uh, really one great insight, I think, you know, look at their social media presence, look at their, how they're ranking and Google and those type of things, which makes complete sense. That's really smart. Um, I, I wonder if the ones that come up on the first page, if a smaller business can afford those ones, uh, I don't know, you know, but, um, what what do you think are some good questions that a business owner would ask of a digital agency to really ferret out if uh, they're any good?
1: Um, definitely asking for case studies. And I get uh, also looking at long tail keywords. So maybe if you're just typing SEO agency, the ones that come up on the first page, they're going to be very expensive. But if you use a long tail keyword, so for example, yeah, I can't afford to come up as, you know, uh, SEO agency, but if you type in, Writing and marketing, New Jersey, my company's the first one that comes up. That's a long tail keyword. That's one that's not that expensive. And it shows our clients, oh, wow, okay, yeah, they can do this. So um, looking at that and then looking at their case studies, that's a a really, um, I think, a a good way to go about it. Um, Other questions, talk about turnaround time um, and, and how long onboarding is. Uh, we have a one to two week onboarding process and we're upfront about it. But if we weren't, our clients would be like, what the heck? They're not working for two weeks. Like they wouldn't know, oh, they're doing research. They're preparing our EC. They're doing all these things. So definitely preparing yourself for um, what's to come. Um, I just I just got a message right now. I have a client who um, she... Uh, is doing ad services with us, and she didn't know what a landing page was before working with us. So she's asking these questions now. Um, What would be best is, you know, before you you work, do a little bit of research, learn these things um, so that you can ask uh, who you're working with uh, and, and be, you know, I think it's beneficial to everybody to know Um, you know exactly what they're working on so that you have that knowledge and can see the results because for somebody like that it's it's almost harmful for her so now we're running these ads is she going to understand we're gonna have to actually sit down with her and explain them much more clearly than somebody else who maybe already knew and um, we could send the results and then they would know exactly what we're talking about so definitely just have a little overview knowing okay landing page uh, PPC what's the difference between PPC and Facebook ads you know like things like that just Learning a little bit of, of the lay of the land beforehand.
0: I agree with you. Like I like take a week or two if you can, and really carve out some time, and just you know, just watch YouTube videos all on these different subject matters. I mean, it, they when you, when you start watching them, it's going to have a mind of its own, and it's going to be starting to introduce all these different things to you. But I mean, I I mean, I spend literally I spend eighty percent of all my time working on SEO. So, you know, I have people who work for me who do the, you know, nuts and bolts of things, but I'm, you know, pointing everybody in the right direction about what to do and how to, you know, what we need. And but, you know, it's, I I definitely think that I, you know, that it's really valuable for you to really get a good head start. And, uh, you know, once you start plugging in your, your keywords, uh, SEO writing or whatever in Google, it's going to start showing you other stuff too, eventually. And, you know, you'll get on newsletters or, you know, e-net newsletters, and those type of things that will also keep you updated as to what's going on in the industry. So, um, have you seen that? Have, have you actually had clients that have done well with advertising on social media?
1: Oh yeah. Um, really? Uh- our best case say, which was probably the our best case say, I would say, of the past like four months, um, which was very surprising, is Facebook has lifted their ban on CBD ads. So we had a client, and the first weekend that we were able to run ads for for CBD products online, that weekend she sold over a hundred um, uh, packages of her CBD in one weekend, and her budget was minimal; it was a few hundred dollars. So that was really awesome very surprising because we didn't even know if they were gonna let us run the ads because they're still very strict about that but yeah she had great success um even I, i actually um for ourselves we run ads for ourselves we've gotten some great clients through it um yeah yeah um facebook ads do work as long as you know your audience uh have ads that grab their attention that don't feel like ads. Um, we've even had people comment like, I don't want to see ads on my feed. So, you know, you got to, they don't realize that it's Facebook. It's not, you know, um, but if you make it feel more like a post than an ad and, and make sure you know you're targeting, yeah, they, they definitely you, can work.
0: What do you think is coming up next? I mean, SEO, I'm just, it's amazing how the agencies for S that do SEO, it's, they, I mean, it's been around a long time. They're still growing in leaps and bounds. Um, it hasn't gone away. You know, social media, I mean, it became, you know, mainstream, mainstream, uh, uh, maybe two or three years ago where everyone, you know, was starting to use it. What, what are you seeing now that is other lead generation sources that is on the bleeding edge, I'd say?
1: Video and TikTok. Um TikTok changed the game. What started out as a children's application, it's incredible the amount of organic traffic you can get from it. I started on TikTok a year ago, not really knowing anything about what I was doing. I started on YouTube about a decade ago and from being on YouTube for 10 years, I got maybe 20,000 views total over 10 years. TikTok, I get about 4 million views a month. And it's not because I'm posting anything extraordinary or super different from YouTube. It's just because the audience is there. The ability to get organic traffic is there. Every time you post a TikTok video, you're going to be seen by 100 to 200 people minimum. That's just how TikTok's algorithm works. And if those 100 to 200 people like your video, they're going to show it to a thousand more. And if those thousand people like it, they're going to show it to 10,000 more. And it's just amazing how it can just organically grow like that no other platform is like that with them it's they show it to your followers that and maybe some people are searching a hashtag that's it with this you're being shown to a bunch of strangers and your followers once you build up that following so it's incredible i do think that's the future um i i think that um it's still growing and there's still a lot of uh, ways to go you still can't put like links and stuff um in your videos or anything i think that will come eventually but I do think that that's the way of the future. I think they're trying to make Clubhouse happen. You know, more audio. Um, I don't think it's. I think, I think video has more of uh, uh, more power to it because. I've seen, you know, you go on Twitter, people are faceless, they're voiceless, you know, you're just seeing words. So people aren't thinking of it as real people. But on something like TikTok or even reels, you're seeing people's faces. You're recognizing, oh, this is a person that I'm looking at. People are much friendlier. You feel like you know people. I've hired people from seeing them on TikTok, just I feel like I know them already. So we get on the phone and I'm like, Josh, I know you. I've watched your videos for weeks. Let's let's work together. And that's happened to me too, where people have come to me and said, Oh my gosh, I've watched your videos, I feel like I know you. That doesn't happen on Twitter. I've had people obviously find me on Twitter and, and hire me, but we've had a lot of conversations and getting to know each other. TikTok takes that away and, and you just, it's, it's already a bond.
0: Is there any, uh, I don't use TikTok. Um, I mean, I've played a, a few of the videos. I know that it's been hot for a while, but, um, are you able to upload videos on, um, TikTok that, that are the, like, like the, the ones I upload on YouTube, um, are, th- 40 minutes long. Are you allowed to upload that long on, on, on uh, TikTok?
1: No, actually, the best TikTok videos are the TikTok videos. Just I've two seen or three minutes, right? Are like 15 seconds, oh. uh, 15 second clips. You can upload up to three minutes. It used to only be a minute, but they literally just like a couple weeks ago made it three minutes. Um, but that's OK, because what a lot of people do is they'll post, say, a 15 second clip and say, hey, click on the link to my YouTube and my channel. Somebody's interest will go that I've found so many YouTube videos by doing that. Just, I'll see the quick clip. It'll arrest me and I'll go, all right, I'm going to watch the rest of this.
0: Yeah. It's just, you know, I just can't add another (laughs) channel to my, you know, I mean, we do YouTube, we do Facebook, we do Twitter, we do LinkedIn, you know, we do PPC, we do, uh, um, um, SEO, uh, we do, we do, we were doing direct mail. We were, you know, we do email marketing. It's just, I just don't, you know, to, for, for us to do Instagram too, it's just, it's a lot. It it's is a lot, lot. You know, and in, and even when I see some of the results, it's just not really worth it. You know, like, the, you know, the, the amount of, uh, of viewers that we get on YouTube um, isn't really, you know, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that maybe one of these days it it gets better, but uh, it's it's not that it's not easy to do. It's just when you combine it with all those other things, you take something that yeah, it takes two or three minutes to upload, but you do it for multiple platforms. You know, you end up spending an hour, you know, uploading all this stuff. It's it's a challenge. So
1: that's where digital agencies come in. A lot of people, you know, yes, you get the expertise, everything else, but you also get the time savings. Um, so that's exactly it. And, and the, the scheduling tools, all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, I hear you. And I hear those, uh, I face that same thing. You know, the the time challenges everything else. Um, But what I've seen people do is, you know, they'll send us, just as an example, as an agency, they'll send us their YouTube videos. We chop it into clips. We post some reels and um, uh, TikTok and Twitter. And then they're out there on all these different platforms. And even Pinterest. Uh, Pinterest is also, because it's a search engine great for SEO. We have a client who hasn't touched his Pinterest in two years. He still gets 200,000 views every month just because of people seeing our blogs and going onto his old Pinterest. It's crazy. So so Let's
0: let's use me as a case study. Okay. So I go to you, Marissa, and I say, all right, Marissa, I watched you on the podcast, on the uh, entrepreneur MBA podcast and I like you. Okay. And I want to give you a chance. And, uh, you know, we provide business lines of credit and, um, and I, I have a scenario where, you know, well, you know, we can, we do YouTube videos, we do, uh, lots of articles. Um, you know, I, and I can answer some questions you, you, you'd like, how, how could you, what would, how could you get me on the other platforms that drive traffic to, to what we do?
1: Yeah, so our first step would be looking into your audience. So on TikTok, for example, there are uh, pretty large financial uh, communities. I personally follow a few accountants, not necessarily uh, business financing, but I do follow, um, you know, small business. Uh, accounts and, and financial accounts, there's even lawyers, there's everything on TikTok that you can imagine. So the first thing I would do is look into that specific community. Who is going to be interested in these videos? It's probably going to be business owners, uh, You know, professionals. Who else is posting videos like this? What hashtags are they using? What are the top hashtags in your, uh, in your genre? And what's really neat actually about TikTok is they will show you how many people have specifically searched Uh, or how many videos have been posted under each hashtag. And I don't know any other platform that has that like so visible right when you search it. So we could look and see. Uh, which ones and something else interesting with TikTok is you have your large community so if i do the word entrepreneur it will show me like five billion people have posted videos about that but if i put in um entrepreneur in new jersey for example uh it will show me okay five thousand people have posted that and we would post with both of those because they're both valuable communities you'll be much more visible on the new jersey one but you'll have a much larger audience uh, you know if you get seen by them on the other um uh, keyword so what we would wind up uh doing is is do that research, create an editorial calendar uh, strategically thinking about what times are those people on TikTok, because TikTok is also great with showing you if you go in your analytics what time your audience is most active. Uh, they do show it in UTC time, which always is very confusing. You have to do the math. Okay, four hours before that in Jersey time, um, you have to figure out. Okay, so these folks are most active at these times, and then schedule them for those times. Uh, well, TikTok doesn't allow um, scheduling like on Buffer or anything, but I would set our alarms or whatever for, you know, okay, 4 p.m. We're going to post these videos. Then we post them at 4 p.m. You put the music in, uh, trending music. TikTok is still a a pretty heavily musically influenced platform. So, um, we want to put in trending sounds, uh, to help them get ranked higher by the algorithms and, um, post them at those specific times. There's also some other things like YouTube. You need to design a cover photo. That's, you know, the portrait mode. Um, but in a nutshell, that's, kind of what it would look like is, is turning those videos that you have into very quick clips and um, making sure they're getting seen by the right people.
0: what you know, the argument would be um, that, and I've seen this before with uh, social media as well, pr- prior to maybe pr- prior to two years ago, they, they say, you know, my audience isn't on there. You know, my clients are not on there. So like an example would be is, listen, our, you know, We're looking for somebody who's built, you know, their their company is over $500,000 a year already. That's, you know, still a small company, of course. But, you know, our average client is, you know, 1.5 million, 2 million revenue a year. You know, you're not going to get a 20-something person often. The probability of a 20-something person under 27, let's say, who has a company that's, you know, over 1.5 million in revenue a year, Uh, you know, and so the argument would be is, you know, they're probably not on TikTok. I know I'm not on TikTok and I'm 56 and I'm, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a a super progressive, but I'm certainly not behind at times. So um, what, you know, what would you say to that argument?
1: There are, uh, uh, there are very diverse groups on TikTok. When I break down my analytics, um, it's something like 40% of my audience is over the age of 30.
0: Mm. Um,
1: as far as you know, the amount of revenue that they make, it's it's kind of like anything else. It's rare uh, to find somebody who owns their own business, let alone has a business that's valued at 1.5 million dollars. But I think it's going to be rare on any platform, and you can find that community. I've definitely seen people. Uh, who would fit into that. There are a lot of um, progressives, a lot of people on TikTok, a lot of people who see the future of it. Um, so I, I do think that the audience could be found there, just like any other platform.
0: Do, they, uh, uh, do Does TikTok give you the... No, it's not going to do that. The revenue of the business?
1: No, they don't. And- um, something else, though, that we do with TikTok is taking those TikTok videos, posting the same ones. Actually, you remove the watermark. There's uh, some apps that remove the watermark and reposting them on Instagram. And I post my TikToks. I remove the watermark. I post them on LinkedIn as well, because you know if you're concerned about uh, a certain demographic seeing you, posting that on multiple platforms definitely helps as well. Um, and you're using TikTok's tools basically to create it, um, and then distributing it to different platforms definitely
0: helps. No, I, I spent a lot of time talking about TikTok only because it's relatively newer to a lot of people, including myself. Um, but I, I can see where like your marketing, uh, uh, Marissa, for your for your own company is, you know, it's a nice niche because you know you have enough experience uh, to be business savvy, but but you also have enough. Uh, experience in the social media platform areas where someone like myself, you know, doesn't. So I can see where if somebody says, you know what, we want to get more of a social media presence in Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, um, you know, uh, reels I had never heard of before. So, uh, you know, some of these other platforms, you would probably be be a good person for that because of those factors that i just mentioned would you agree with that
1: yeah absolutely um yeah i actually it's funny my mother started out on facebook before me um it was i think the year 2011 she got a facebook account she took a social media course she was the person who got me into it Um, i was like no 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 i don't get it and then it just i got it and i um became a social media addict i think like most of us Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Um, I spend my free time on social. I spend my work time on social. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just, uh, everyone should know. I mean, like spending time on social media as a viewer or a user is, is different than actually going and, you know, learning about the advertising that they have. Um, so, but it doesn't take long, you know, I know, um, I know one of the problems we've tried Facebook advertising. It's been a, a while, um, but you know, the thing that we don't like about it, it had been at the time is the ability for it to, to uh, get you down to a really small pool of, of uh, let's say in our case, business owners, you know, because you, you really, you know, you, you can't dice it enough to show your, your ads in front of people who are really qualif- qualified, it, it, it wasn't, now maybe it's improved a lot, but um, and maybe there's a better, there's certainly a, probably a better way to do it that we're missing uh, as well. But it's certainly uh, something that we, we, we would go back at and take a look at. So um, Marissa, so is it, you know, we have a couple of minutes left. Is there anything else that you would like to say to our listeners about working with a digital agency?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest there are, just like any other industry, there are good and there are bad ones out there. Uh, Don't let a bad experience, uh, you know, kind of make you think that all agencies are bad. I've had so many clients come to us just with a really sour attitude because they had a bad experience with an agency and they think we're all the same and they think that, you know, what we do is hocus pocus or doesn't really work. And, you know, I, I always have to tell them, no, you just had a bad experience. Here's how we do things differently. So, uh, and that really goes for anything. I mean, I, my accountant. I know he goes through the same thing where he somebody has bad experience with their accountant. They think that all accountants are are bad. Like it, it's it's just how it is. But I feel like it's especially true in in this case where it is a newer a newer relatively newer um, kind of. Uh, Company, uh, you know, social media didn't exist 15 years ago, especially the way it does today. Um, so I think that that also causes some people to scratch their heads and go, "Oh, is this is this a real thing?" Um, and they also that there is a difference between somebody who does quality work versus you know the high school intern uh, that you hire. It's it's funny, but. Uh, we've had that happen several times where people are like, oh, I just have an intern doing my Facebook. And then you go on their Facebook or you go on their Instagram and you go, oh my gosh, there is definitely a difference between having a professional, um, and, and somebody who's not do it.
0: Yeah. I, um, I think that, uh, I, you know, thinking back in before there was digital agencies and there was just agencies, you know, think of mad men, right. Yes. Um, it wasn't unusual for a company to, you know, move on from an ad agency, you know, after every couple of years. And so I guess it's just the whole nature of that business sometimes where you need to get a fresh perspective and and those type of things. I've certainly had bad experiences with digital agencies. I've had, you know, and what's interesting now is like, it's almost like, you know, some of the agencies I've actually worked with didn't like that I knew a lot about, the, the area that I was working in and, you know, and I questioned him about it. Like the, 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 the designer that I have right now um, who I've had a long time. Uh, what I, one of the things I really love about him um, is that he, um, uh, he, he gives me a, it's called Clockify. So he shows me exactly where he spent his time. And I really, really like that. I don't like it because I like, I hold them accountable. That's not why I like it. But what I like about it is like, I give them a lot of work. And sometimes I don't realize that, you know, that, that project took 15 hours. I'm like, oh my God, it, it wasn't worth it. I, if I, you know, so now I'm like, and so a lot of times I'll send to him and say, how long do you think this project will take? And if he says 15 hours, when I think it's going to be, when I I thought it was going to be three, I may not do the project. And I, so I really liked that in him and I didn't ask him to do it. He did it. But yet when I went to my SEO agency and I said, do you guys have anything like this? Like Clockify, they didn't like that. I was asking, you know, and so, um, and they're not my digital agency anymore, uh, but that wasn't the reason. But um, uh, so anyway, uh, well, sometimes you just got to work with, people and I like having a good relationship with my agencies. It's very, what my type of style is very, um, collaborative. So I, I need someone like that and an agency that wants to work closely with me. So that, that type of thing. All right. Very good, Marissa. Um, so, uh, you know, I'd like to thank so very much Marisha Swartz from Dr. Rissy's writing and marketing for coming on today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. Marissa, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that?
1: Yeah, if you search my name, Marissa with an O, Marissa Schwartz, on um, basically any social media platform or even just Google my name, you'll find me. Same thing with Dr. Rissi's Writing and Marketing. Or if you type in Writing and Marketing New Jersey, you'll see Dr. Rissi's pop up on Google.
0: Great. Right. It was good stuff today. Uh, and if, and for our listeners, if you're interested in getting any new business ideas, I tweet daily about lessons for business owners that I've learned over 25 years. Uh, my Twitter handle is at S-Halasnik. So it's S-H-A-L-A-S-N-I-K. And for all of you, I want to thank you for listening today. The Entrepreneur MBA podcast has become very popular. So just remember uh, today's podcast, if you're looking to bring on a uh, digital agency, I think Marissa kind of hit the nail on the head about saying, you know, show me your case studies, uh, look it up on the uh, internet, read the reviews, and that will go a long way and maybe making sure you hired the right person. So everybody have a fantastic day. Get out there. Enjoy the weather. Life is more than just running a business. I know it doesn't seem that way, but it is. See you later.